Here he now, we skipped one of them I thought wasn't as relevant, um, but we're going to go on to Reish Chaf Aleph. Um, and he says like this, All, Everything we said until now, Speak about normal societal situations, okay? Whether it's in one's home or whether it's with others, like in the congregation. With the regular difficulties, which... Uh, renew themselves every day. Every day we have bumps. Every day we have friction. Every day we have certain tension with us and with others. Ach lanu We can't hide. We can't hide from the situations which are prone to take a person literally. I mean, it's a Hebrew phrase, but like out of their out of their mind. Caleb is like their 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 vessels. Like it's completely like mess a person over uh, because of their intensity, because of their their chomer, because of how heavy they are. Okay, so he says we've been talking about you come home and it's important to have like an hour of time that you're focused on like everything's gonna be chilled. Okay, fine. And then there's the situations you're gonna bump into the people and they might be you know be bothering you and it's like be paying attention to that and and when we bother when we feel like in, uh, you know uh, difficult with ourselves, all those are so to speak normal situations. But then there are like extreme circumstances, circumstances where everything has gone wrong, where someone messed up big time. You know, something like something really off the charts has happened, and it's something which because of the intensity, you know. It's not just like, okay, we're getting upset, but like, we are getting upset, like underline, underline, etc. So, how could this savlan, again, the savlan is the person who is patient, the person who is able to bear the situation. How do we hold on to ourselves? How do we strengthen ourselves at situations like those? And there are things, there are actions, um, which are like above everything that's acceptable. There are things when someone does something, especially people that we are perhaps... Um, you know, closest to or whatever, you know, and, and they do something. Let's take a child, the easiest, where they do something which it's which is above the norm. Vidorshim tkuvat kifa, and it does demand a strong comment. In other words, not every situation should just be you know accepted. Some situations we are it's appropriate for us to respond in a strong fashion. Mam od, al or av um, is it not like prone for a person who is involved in communal work or a parent or an educator to break the mood and to, um, and to, and to break for, and to like express themselves, to break forward with real intense anger. Um, so, and at the same time, presumably this will not be a comment which is, uh, you know, and, and presumably in such a situation, this is not going to be that, that uh, calm and acceptable comment. So again, in these difficult situations, where presumably what's demanded of us is intensity. It's a really intense situation. Okay, we can all imagine a situation where we feel justified in getting angry. We feel it's actually going to be um, acceptable to be angry and, and it's going to be something which will be uh, fun, you know, uh, useful. How do we act in such a situation? So he says, in order to find a path forward in this, so he says, in order to understand what to do in incredibly difficult situations, in situations where we may think that extreme anger is, is appropriate, where we think that, um, that someone is doing something really, really wrong, wrong, and it's important that we speak up in a very fierce fashion, let's learn a Gemara to see what we should do. Uh, this is one of the first Gemaras uh, that speaks about, this really the first Gemara that really speaks about God and God's activities. Um, so says the Gemara like this. Amr of Yochanan, beginning of Brachos. Rabbi Yochanan says, Mishum of Yosi. Minayin Shakarish Baruchu Mispalel. From where do we know 
that God davens. Okay, the Gemara asks a very interesting question. The Gemara says, how do we know that God davens? Which in and of itself is a whole discussion. You know, if, what does daven mean if God is davening? Like we think of davening, turning to a deity, turning to someone above us for something. Uh, and yet it says that God davens. Obviously that means that perhaps our, you know, the way we're taught what davening means, the definition of davening is wrong, but that's not our focus today. So the Gemara gives a proof. Then the Gemara says, okay, now that we've established that God davens, my matzli, what does God daven? What is God's prayer? So Amrav Zutra Bar Tuvya Amarav. So this is the prayer. It's one line. May it be his will before me. Right? So right, the terminology has to get flipped over here because he's praying, so to speak, to himself. Okay? Again, very strange. That my compassion overwhelm, conquer, literally conquer. Kovesh is a conquer. Uh, to conquer my anger. Vigolu rachamai amidosai, and my compassion should um, roll over, roll over my all my other midos. Vekanes lahem and I should treat, I should literally enter with them. I should treat my my children, meaning the Jewish people, lifnimishurasadin, above and beyond, not with din, not according to what they're owed, not according to their justice, but in a way that's beyond justice, in a way that's even greater, again more compassionate than justice. That's God's prayer. The Gemara continues. Tanya, we have a brisa that supports this. I'm Rabbi Shmuel ben Elisha. Rabbi Shmuel ben Elisha says, "Pam achas nichnasti lahakter ketores lefnayv lefnim." So Rabbi Shmuel ben Elisha was a kohen gadol, and he describes how one time, one Yom Kippur, he entered lefnayv lefnim um, into the holy of holies in order to bring uh, incense ketores. Veraisiyak esriel kashem sevakos, and he sees like this angel, this whatever, some representative of Hashem, shu yoshev akise ramanisa, sitting on this elevated um, and glorious uh, throne. Vamrali and he, meaning this is God speaking, and he said, Yishma b'ni barcheni, okay, even stranger. Until now we said God prays, now we're saying Yishmael, the Kohen Gadol now is being asked by Hashem to daven for Hashem. Okay, fascinating, or bless me rather. Amartilo, so what was the prayer that Yishmael said? Yiratzom l'fanecha, may it be your will. Sheyich b'shirach hamecha eskascha, the same prayer, that your compassion should overwhelm your anger. V'igolurach hamecha midosecha, and your compassion should Overwhelm you should should like uh, again roll over um, roll over your midos and you should act with your children with compassion um, uh, and uh, and uh, and sorry and again you should go and and you should go above and beyond uh, with your children and God so to speak. Shook his head, like in, uh, you know, affirmation. Like, good job. This is the bracha I want. You did a good job. And find the Gemara says, we learn from here, we learn from here that you shouldn't take the blessing of a simple person lightly. In other words, uh, you know, this is God over here. He doesn't need the bracha of any human being. And yet, so Hashem gives him a bracha and Hashem kind of shakes his head. And Hashem asks him for the bracha. So, you know, when we get a bracha from someone or, you know, I don't know, you can think about this on Birkas Kohen, whatever it is, you know, we should, a, a bracha, a bracha is a bracha. Take the brachas, even if it's from someone simple. Fine. But the point, that, that's not the point that we're making. The tefillah is not the point they're making. The, the, the focus is the, the tefillah itself, the prayer itself or the bracha itself. And, and now he continues. Kaso shel Baruch the anger of God, is a mida which needs like perfection um, from his creatures. Okay, let's see what he means by that. And what this means is that the mida of compassion is able to roll over. 
And what he means by this is like to, to overwhelm God's anger, the Chol Shar Midosav, and all of his other Midos, Ukeveyachal, and so to speak, as if to say, Lishtof Osan, to like drown them, to Bizarma Ha'atzum, with this intense stream, Adshan Haga Te'apech Kulam Rachamim, Lifnimish Resident. So the point that all those other Midos, all those other characteristics, are all able to transform and all become compassionate. So in other words, the word Tikalgal, Tikalgal actually come, is rolling, but also comes the word Gal, like a wave. Basically, we're saying, God, take compassion and allow it to wave over, allow it to like overwhelm, to cover. You know, you imagine a beach and basically the beach is being rolled over by compassion. So this is the prayer we're saying to God. God, you have many Midos. You have all these different ways that you're able to interact. Mida is God's ways of interacting with the world. But now we're, we're saying, God, we need God to take Rachamim and overwhelm and overcome all those other Midos. That, that's, that's, the, that's the meaning of the prayer. Galgal and Tichbosh. That's the terminology. To roll over and to conquer means that compassion overcomes and overwhelms all those other Midos. Okay. So that's, that's the, the, the simple meaning of what we just read. And a great rule we have to know. All the Midos, remember we speak about God's Midos, we're also, we have to recognize those Midos, those same characteristics exist within man. Uh, you know, the, the reason that we talk about God with certain Midos is that he's, be, he's, he's, he's relatable. Really, God doesn't have Midos in, this, in, the, in the simple fashion. But the way, the reason, the, comment, the, the philosophers explain, the reason we speak about God's characteristics is so that we could relate to him in a more human form. So if we're speaking about God that way, that means that these are attributes that we have within ourselves. So Gamhu Yacholis Panim, God is able to act with a hiddenness of the face, right? There's a there's a Misa called Hesterpanim, where God, so to speak, looks away and allows nature to run its course and doesn't involve himself in our in, in with us, right? So the Tochacha, for example, is an expression. This the Tocha that we read is that God basically is saying, I'm hiding my face, I'm allowing things to run, I'm allowing nature to run its course, and it's it's not good that way because then there's no you know protection and, and it just it's all chaotic. Okay, that's one meter. And God is able to act vengefully with, with intense anger. It's times when he sees sinfulness and he sees a lack of perfection, okay, uh, within us. So, and, 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 and the implicit point that he's making is that we also have these midos, right? Sometimes people act to us in a certain way. And so, you know, there's, there's fight or flight is what we call it, right? So basically we could flight. Flight means I basically shut down. I don't literally, I don't have to walk away, but I, I ignore him. I ignore the person. Well, you know, I, I, I flight. I, I walk away either physically or just in my head. I just, I, I don't pay attention to the person. That's Hester Panin. And there's fight where I act in a very strong way back to them, right? So these are normal human characteristics that, that we describe God as, but we also have. And there exists within man. And there is actually deeper midos. What are those deeper midos? Kabir, a very strong force. Shall ahavas nedava of a like a, a delicate love, verachmanos and compassion. So that is a deeper mida. Okay, so basically there are, and you know, you hear this type of terminology within the world of psychology as well. There, there are more primary type of characteristics. So he's describing compassion as a more primary type of midah. And just like with God, there's this idea of God's compassion overwhelming, overcoming the more uh, vengeful type of midos, so too with man, so too with us humans, our compassion is able to roll over, to wave over our anger, and all of our other midos, like a waterfall, 
Adir, a strong one, Hayorim Mirashi Harim, coming down from the top of mountains, Vishotefa Vanim, Veitzim Adam Amdim Bedarko, and completely drowns all the stones and wood and everything in its way. Koach Rachamim, this force of compassion, Ahava and love, Zehu Yoser Pnimi, it is more, it's more inner, more inner, Meakas, Al Chosre Shlemos Vechet, Hu Yoser Pnimi, Vyoser Eli, it is more, it is, is deeper and it's more elevated. Okay, so Be'es Charon Af, and he's going to express that point now. Be'es Charon Af, at the time of the anger of Hashem al Meraglim, over the Meraglim, he's Fal Moshe Rabbeinu al Hashem, Vatai Yigdal no Kawach Hashem. The prayer that Hashem, uh, that Moshe uh, directed towards Hashem was that now the force of Hashem should be elevated. Okay, and, and what was the force of Hashem? Have compassion on the people. Really, they're deserving to be punished. I want you to have compassion. Haray, so we see from here, It is described as the strength of God. Not one of the strengths of God. It's described as the most primary strength of God is compassion. So we could see from here, that man is also able to elevate their strength, their primary strength at a time of anger. Lichvosh as to conquer their anger, and for compassion to roll over other midos. Okay, so this is a very long, developed idea that he's trying to get at. What's he, what's, he, what's he doing? He's trying to say, okay, we can learn about ourselves. Instead of looking at a mirror to understand ourselves, we can look at God. And, and you know, and the Torah describes God, and through, through Chazal, through our sages, it describes God's midos, God's characteristics. And again, we're going to use that as a mirror for ourselves. So what do we see? We see that God, of course, has midos sometimes that we could... On our, on, our, on our own limited way, relate to. God fights. God flights, so to speak. And so, but we do that. We certainly know what that means. We, 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 we do that. Either we engage or we disengage. And that's something we, we, can, we can relate to. But we have to recognize that God has a more primary koach, the most powerful koach. And that is yigdal na koach Hashem, right? This idea that the most primary, the most elevated koach is, out of all of them, is rachamim, is compassion. And God, we see at a time of intense anger, the whole enterprise of leaving the shrine, the whole enterprise of being in the, in the Midbar was to go to Eretz Yisrael. And the Jewish people basically reject that. And so what is God going, God tells Moshe, forget about it. You know, they, they missed the boat. This is the most primary thing. I'm going to destroy them. And what does Moshe say? No, your main koach should now overwhelm the others. So what do we see from there? Two things. One is, Rachabim is our main koach, and B, that we have the ability, like God, if we're going to emulate God, and God is meant to be relatable through these, through these narratives, is that we have the ability, dafka, at our most difficult times, to take Rachabim, take compassion, and allow it to overcome those other midos. Okay, now he's going to um, he spell it out. Tipity. I mean, he didn't destroy us, but he, but he, he did... Punish us. Yeah. I mean, yeah. You know, it, wasn't like, it wasn't like he just let it roll over and just say... Let it go. Right, right, right. No, that's a very fair point. I, I, and I think the point that he's trying to take out of it is ultimately, well, I mean, first of all, there's a, there's a uh, you know, it's, it's not a small gap between destroying and, 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 and letting them live. Um, but uh, yeah, 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 absolutely. It, it's not to say that, and, and it's a fair point, because sometimes it's fair to punish, but the only way that we were able to survive at all was because the meat of Rachamim came over it. Okay. So first thing we have to know is that we have this great koach, this great faculty. And we have the ability to discern within it, to use it, okay, to think about these things. You know, so basically when, when we feel anger, we have the ability to use our compassion and to start to, to think critically, which, you know, is a bit of a, it doesn't really, you know, 
anger, what it does is it limits our, if you ever, like, imagine yourself when you're angry, your, your, your whole entire body constricts. And it's not just like your body gets more tense, your mind gets more tense. Your mind starts to focus and you start to lose, you lose focus because you're just looking at what's immediately in front of you. you lose sight of the bigger picture. And, but we have the ability, as he's about to describe, to see a bigger picture, right? Amikosim, right? Who are we getting angry of? Horim al yiladim. It's a parent on the child. Mechanech al tamidim. It's the educator for those students. Manig al tzibur. It's a it's a communal leader with their congregation. in a rochish ava And at the same time, aren't they filled with love for those who went, you know for, for these people um, who are straying from from listening to us, right? In other words, when we start to think of the bigger picture, we're like, oh, oh, these are also the people that we really love, right? We start to see that bigger picture. Fine. Hello zetznai rishon lechol hatslacha. Uh, isn't this not the first rule, the first you know, principle that's needed for the success of parents to love their children? And uh, the educators to love their students. And again, the, 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 the leaders to love their congregation. So when we start to think of that bigger picture, this love, it's specifically, just like with Hashem, when do we see God's compassion more than anywhere else in the Torah? It's specifically when he's about to kill us. And now, you know, Moshe intervenes and says, oh, you should be compassionate. Oh, yeah, I'm going to be compassionate over here. Because, yeah, I remember Avram, I remember Yitzhak, I remember you, I have compassion on you. Right? So it's specifically at those times that there's this ability to kind of break free from that small-mindedness and this tight-mindedness and to say, who am I yelling at? Why am I? Oh, because I care about them deeply, right? So that's, that's like the first expansive thought is the sense of, Thinking bigger and to recognize specifically at this moment, and to allow that love to overwhelm and overcome all the other midos. I'm losing my mind right now, but I'm losing my mind because it's the person or the people that I love so much. I'm here. I'm doing this. I'm, I'm their parents. I'm their this. I'm their that because I care. Because um, how much can a person act in other words, like, uh, you know, rhetorically, or not rhetorically, but, but a person is able to act when they're very angry. If we allow our anger to just roll, to just, uh, you know, express itself, we could do terrible things. And we all know that. We know that anger is a very dangerous media. And so it's critical that we allow, um, we, we, that we stop it, that we specifically at this moment, again, we emulate God. We just learn from God about what we, what we have inside of us. Now we need to learn from God what to do. That it's dafka at those times, it's dafka at those specifically angry times that we need to awaken that love to curb that anger. Because to recognize, he says, just practically, if we allow that anger to run loose, then the person we loved, what's going to happen? It's, it's also counter, and now he gets to the, the logical points, that it's counterproductive. We, we know this. This is obvious, right? If we lose our minds, right? The person, let's just say, I don't know, we want a child to act in a certain way and we allow our anger to, to run amok. So what does it do? Does it help them behave? No. It pushes them away. so It breaks them. so It tramples them. No rectification sprouts out from that anger. Okay? This is a... So, is there room for chinuch? Sure. We're not talking about that right now. But he's saying, and is there room for direction? Sure. Or again, we're not talking about that right now. But the point is that anger as a part of that 
doesn't go anywhere. That sense of disgust, that sense of rage um, doesn't actually lift the child up, doesn't lift the spouse up, doesn't lift the friends up, doesn't lift the, 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 the employees up. It doesn't do anything. It just pushes people away. So it's, right? He says, Specifically at those moments, to wake, awaken the love, it's specifically at those times that a person needs to um, lift up their love, to allow, like God, to allow the love to overwhelm the anger, and to conquer the anger, um, then a person is able to come to a place where their comments, their direction is able to be accepted in a normal fashion. Again, so the point that he's making is that anger, specifically at those moments of challenge, that's specifically the time that we have the, the need to, to express the opposite of anger at those moments and allow the love or push the love to overcome and overwhelm the, 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 the anger at those times. Okay. Okay. So let's see where he's going with all this. We'll wrap this up. Zosia Eitzah. So this idea, the idea is we find ourselves getting angry at someone. Typically, we get angry at people that we love. Think about who they are. Why are you getting angry at them? You're getting angry at them because you love them. Oh, I'm getting angry at them. I love them. Oh, I probably shouldn't get angry at them because it's actually going to pa- cause our relationship to deteriorate. Okay. You know, again, it's not an easy thing. It's easy to say. It's a, well, it's a, that, that's an incredible avoda to be able to inject love, inject some broadness specifically at that moment of angry. And allow the compassion to overwhelm the angry. And this is a well-established and well, you know, a well-fine-tuned idea that a person to, to, again, broaden their mind, to think a little bit broader than just the thing, the, the thing they did wrong or whatever it is, but to think about who this person is in front of me, to think a little bit more broadly, uh, to inject that love and, and compassion at the time. Great idea. Okay, the problem is that we can't exercise this. Hopefully, he says, the amount of times that we, like, we feel like we're seeing red, we're losing our minds, is very infrequent. You can't do a, if you're doing a daily check mark on this, we, you know, that's a problem, right? We shouldn't be losing our mind on a daily basis, right? Uh, there are things which you get a little bit upset, that's normal, right? But to be like raging on a daily basis, you know, we don't have the opportunity to exercise this all the time. So how are we going to do Islamdus? Remember, that was the idea of the, this exercise of, the, of, of learning something. This is what we could do. To daily or regularly awaken love for the individuals or the groups upon which we are, you know, appointed to. So meaning our family, uh, you know, our family members, which we have that deep relationship with. Our, you know, our employees, our colleagues, specifically to awaken love. We, we can't wait till we're raging and then to struggle with it. It's not, that's that, that, Hopefully, that's not happening. What we could do proactively is awaken the love that we're, we're talking about here, right? So in other words, we, could, we can't allow the love to overwhelm the anger because hopefully that level of anger is not happening always. But what we could do is simply exercise the, the, the faculty of love towards those people. How do we do so? Very straightforward. To daven for those people on a regular basis. It is the obligation of every parent to pray for the child that they'll succeed. Not just, you know, Erev Yom Kippur, Erev Shabbos, or whatever. Every single day, it is incumbent upon a parent to pray their child succeed physically and spiritually. An educator has to pray for their students. And I would say a boss has to pray for their employees. Uh, it, it's, it's, it's part of the responsibility of a, you know, a leader over their congregation. Okay, and he, he says, and I'm just going to summarize this because, uh, but he says we need to, we can learn this from a fascinating, fascinating Gemara. The Gemara says that the, the mothers of the Kohen Gadol, um, 
the mothers of the Kohen Gadol would bring uh, food to the people in exile, right? The Gemara tells us that, that uh, the Torah tells us that a person who kills by mistake, they go into the city of refuge. And when are they released? When the Kohen Gadol dies, right? That's the halacha, right? Basically kill by mistake, in, in the, back in, in back in the day, you'd go to a city of refuge, and if the and if uh, when the coin gadol dies, that's when you would go. That's when you go free. So the mothers of the coin gadol would go ahead and and bring food to these people so that they wouldn't pray for her son to die. And they go and ask. This whole thing seems bizarre. You know, at the end of the day, like why? Because if she didn't bring the food, they're going to curse the coin gadol. They're going to curse the coin gadol. And and the gemara asks, you know, a curse from someone like curses are only meaningful. Whatever this is, it, like if if it's somewhat deserving, but. The Kohen Gadol is not guilty because you know for for this person's like misdeed. Let let him curse away. Like if someone comes along, you know, never met this person and says something terrible about you, it's meaningless. Not just emotionally, but it should be meaningless spiritually. It doesn't have any effect. If I did wrong someone and they cursed me, okay, then there's some substance to that. But over here, like who cares if this guy prays for the demise of the Kohen Gadol? It should be ineffective. So the Gemara doesn't understand. So the Gemara says, uh, the Gemara ultimately says, Amr Husabam Pirkei Zerava Shmiali. So this person said he heard from Rabba, um, Rabba, excuse me, Shailen Levakish Rachmim Al Doran Vlobikshu. He says, no, the Kohen Gadol is, uh, is guilty because it's the Kohen Gadol's responsibility to be praying constantly for the people of his generation. And clearly he didn't pray well enough. Right? In other words, the Kohen Gadol, who is the leader of all the Jewish people, if any one of the Jewish people does something wrong, it's his fault. Pretty high uh, stakes. But the point is that what we see from there is that a person who has some level of responsibility towards, towards someone, it's their responsibility to be praying for them all the time. And that is the takeaway over here, that whoever a person is responsible for, so to speak, whoever a person is connected to, colleague, spouse, child, uh, you know, con- community, whatever it might be, the, the way that we have a responsibility to pray for them, but, but to, to our effect, the goal is that to awaken this love and therefore in a time when a person does lose it, they're able to tap into this exercise muscle and they will take that love and allow it to overwhelm their anger. Have a great day.